So, have you thought a little more about what you might want for your birthday? Can I get a puppy? You want to get a dog? Yeah, a cuddly, fluffy one. And a Bratz movie star makeover, Sasha. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Daddy. Look, I love a brunch bib model 42 butterfly knife. Oh, child. <laughs> you always knock me for a loop. You know what? What? I'm gonna get you two. Yeah? Two? One bell song, two bell song. That's what you get. <laughs> I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Matthew Vaughn has made his triumphant return within weeks to our pod. So this is a year before the very recently discussed X-Men First Class. And what a different movie it is. This movie is an encapsulation of 2010. Oh, yeah. I had that several times in my notes. What tipped it off? Was it all the MySpace references? Everything. The vibe, the gay jokes, the were progressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The you phones. Know. Yeah, no, it, it bleeds 2010. And I love it for it. McLovin, you know, all of it. Honestly. Yeah, I don't know what he's been up to lately, but, you know, you know what era of movie you're watching if he's if he's here. Um, yeah, we're talking about Kick-Ass, of course. A real, not a cult classic, but... Kind of. Um, I think like it did pretty well. Uh, but, yeah, it's, you know, another one of those movies that turns the superhero genre on its head. And again, another one that was coming out um, right as I would say like the second round of the superhero movie craze was kicking off. We're two years into the MCU now. And what a but time for this. only like two movies. Right, right. Maybe three. Uh, yeah, but still, yeah, very early on. And this is an adaptation of a very edgy comic book. One that I have only read like one time. And there's a lot more of it that was not adapted into the movies that I never got around to. Um, yeah, funnily enough, like this guy, a lot of people complain about the comic and we'll talk about the differences between the movie and the comic later. Um, kind of as being like very much of a edgelord type of thing. And the comic takes like a lot of darker turns and it's kind of mean spirited, but it's the same guy that wrote the civil war comics. Originally he wrote the old man, Logan, uh, arc which went on to inspire the movie Logan. Did what's his name do that movie? Uh, this guy? No, he did not. That would have been pretty wild. Uh, I don't know if he would have been a great fit for it. They definitely got the right person to do that movie. I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's the guy that did uh, Ford versus Ferrari, among other things. But um, yeah. So I heavily associate this movie with being in high school, of course coming out when it did, which I was probably in like 10th grade or 11th grade, depending on what time in 2010 it came out. I don't remember. And I don't think I saw this in theaters. It's rated R. I did I not see it think... in theaters, but I did see it in high school. Yeah. I, I don't remember when or like the context I watched it in, but the fact that they made a reference to Scott Pilgrim in this movie is so funny. What year did Scott Pilgrim same, come out? Same year. Oh, really? Yeah. Which like, obviously... Scott Pilgrim and Kick-Ass are very different movies, 
but, but very similar. They're yeah, like it's just style wise. Scott Pilgrim is a lot like more like upbeat than Kickass is. But yeah, very much. But like, like, you know, we're drawing in comics and we're doing like little transitions. Yeah. Like I have about the same recollection of Scott Pilgrim as I do from this movie, which I'd seen this movie once, didn't really remember a lot. I've seen Scott Pilgrim once in college, don't remember a lot. <laughs> I don't do you think Scott Pilgrim's appropriate for the pod? Yes. We'll get around because to it. Because it was mentioned in the <laughs> yeah, as a like, comic. Well, oh, we have to. Yeah. So uh, I do think it's really cool that Matthew Vaughn like did this and X-Men First Class a year apart. Also, I'm sorry. I forgot that Evan Peters was in this. And then I later in the movie go, who is the main guy? What has he been in? I was so confused for a minute because like and I was like, I was like oh, like, I wonder what she's talking about. Like, And then I woke up and it's just. It's just Aaron Taylor Johnson on screen. And I was like, that's Aaron Taylor Johnson. You're like, that's Quicksilver? And I was like, yes. like, two Quicksilver. Both Quicksilvers in the same place? And I was like, yes, because I have, that's one of my first notes. On a Skype call. (laughs) That's, you know, remember Skype, everybody? That was also 2010. Um, Also, like, they did make a joke about this in WandaVision. Did they? When uh, they have Evan Peters... Like, right, dick, say, dick joke or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Something no. boner? Oh, Ralph yeah. boner. They have him be like kick ass. Like they very much like make a point of him saying that. I don't. Well, I obviously didn't get the ref. I didn't know that it was Aaron Taylor Johnson that was in yeah. this. Yeah. He looked very different, especially with the glasses and long it, hair. It, the glasses does make a big difference. Scrawny. For sure. Yeah. Big time. I mean, how, what year was... Uh, Avengers. Uh, that was 2015. So, so five years. Five years. Five years. That made quite the difference for <laughs> yeah. him. Also, like him as Quicksilver looks, he just looks very different. It's the hair. It's yeah. He's just the accent. The accent for sure. Like I would, I would argue, not like the best representation of Aaron Taylor Johnson. Was were they also in American Animals together? Was Aaron Taylor Johnson in that? Aaron Taylor Johnson was definitely in it. Was that was called Nocturnal Animals. No, that's another movie that I have not seen, but want to see. Uh, okay, no, Aaron Taylor Johnson is not in American Animals. <laughs> that's just Evan Peters. My bad. Oh, Barry Keegan? I don't know. I got all mixed up. Great movie. Completely Irrelevant. unrelated. Okay, back on track. Back on track. Um, yeah, so we we start off, you know, it's it's very much a world in which comics are a thing and it's not one of those it's not one of those movies where it's like oh i'm gonna become like the first well i don't know if anybody i don't know where i'm going with this train of thought anyway well they're talking about spider-man they're talking about batman but they don't actually exist in this world right yeah they and you know i actually did see without getting like too meta like a comment on this on a on a reddit thread being like is it what's his last name it's dave zeus i don't know he thinks he lives in a world that's not like a superhero world, but he does. And I think that's a very fun way of looking at it. Like he's sitting around being like, oh man, like nobody's a superhero. Like we live in like a very realistic world. So of course nobody's going to be a superhero. And then it's like, as it goes on, it's like, no, like this makes sense. Like this isn't like, it doesn't commit fully to like a real world, like superhero story. I think the comic does that more. 
with like the consequences of like what this is. What do you mean? Who were the superheroes? Like, I feel like. Are you talking about Big Daddy and Hit Girl? Yeah, but I think the comment was more about like the rules and like I don't know. It made sense when I read it. It was like the rules of this world are very much like this is this is a superhero movie. Like, yeah. I don't know the way that they were because like I think they were comparing it to the James Gunn movie Super, which is like a similar thing where Rain Wilson is like I'm going to become a superhero and like fight crime, but it like goes horribly horribly wrong. And, like, there's, it's, like, very much hammering in, like, you can't do this. Like, vigilante justice doesn't Okay, no spoilers. We might watch that. Yeah, but I feel like I got what they were saying, which is, like, this is, there are functioning, like, in the rules of our superhero world. I don't know. This doesn't make any sense. Let's just move on. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I didn't think that anyone was arguing that it wasn't, I guess. No, and I don't think I did a good job of articulating what they were actually saying. Because that wasn't really how they were approaching it. Well, like any good superhero movie, very abrupt parent death that is completely glossed over. (laughs) Yes. Like. Horrifying. Not at all. I forgot about that. And like very much like. Yeah, just sad, like, fact of life, not really going after anybody for vengeance, just like, yep, she died. And it fucked me up. Yep, sad. And then they get uh, robbed in broad daylight, which is, you know... That's what I thought you were saying, like, oh, it doesn't, like, operate like a real... Or, like, it does, because I'm like, yeah, the robbing, the mugging, like, how much crime is in this town... Right. Felt very, like, we're in a superhero world. For sure. And, uh, you know, at some point I'm like, guys, are you going to stop cutting through that same parking lot? Like, clearly these guys, these criminals have one place, one block in New York where they like to hang out right near the comic book shop, naturally. Also worth mentioning that the house and neighborhood that he lives in looks so much like Tobey Maguire's. I was just thinking that. Like, I don't know what part of New York that is. Did they say? Is is it like in Queens or something? But like very much like that same vibe. I don't know. That kind of house. Like Bushwick. Yeah. And I wonder if that's like intentional. I mean, probably not. It's literally just New York, but I do like that. Um, Yeah. So we have like a great little main cast here. Evan Peters doesn't have a whole lot to do in this movie. No, it's very odd. I think this was very early in his career, though. So like. And the other guy who's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I like vaguely recognize him, but like not really. Yeah. They're just there to hang out. Uh, yeah, it's kind of sad that they get, like, sidelined so much. They're not... Because, of course, like, they never find out that he's kick-ass. So, like, why would they? They don't have... They weren't going down that route. And I don't remember if they do in the second movie at all, either. Why do I feel like they join the team or something? You know, I think you're have right. Have I seen the second one? Yes. Okay. I, I mean, I barely remember any of it. Like, I know Jim Carrey's in it, and I know that I didn't like it. Ugh. That's pretty much it. And no Nick Cage. No Nick Cage. So, you know, Who? it's automatically worse is a fucking serial killer in this. Like, his vibe is so off-putting. I think that's, like, it's so intentional. Like, if you didn't know what movie you were watching, and it's, like, that first scene of them together, like, they do it so well, being like, oh, yeah, like, this guy... They set him up, And yeah. they, they, yeah, like, his glasses, his whole look, the mustache... When he's, like, in his cardigan talking to the other cop, I'm, like... This dude is from another movie, and in that movie, he's a serial killer. And well, yeah, and I think they set it up really well by being like, they get us invested in this story, and they introduce us to Big Daddy and Hit Girl in a way that, like, 
okay, like this is messed They're up. endearing. But it's like playful with it. And like, obviously like she's like on board. So it's like, okay, well maybe like you can get on with this. And then like, yeah, when that cop is in his house and like, you see like, there's nothing here but like a bunch of guns and like a poster of people that they're trying to kill. It's like, oh, and it grounds it a little bit because you're like, yeah, this guy's clearly a fucking psychopath. Well, yes, like in the movie, but also just like no, not. I like, know what you're he saying. Also, just seems like such a nut. But I love the. I mean, I'm kind of not going in order with my notes, but I really like that. Um, doing the comic in the middle of the movie. I this was very 2010s um and like late 2000s, but I love all of like the transitions and stuff. I like when they played with the camera. Oh yeah. Cinematography. Like, like when they were at the very end it's like, oh, we're going to watch the security footage and then it turns into like just like the scene itself. I just I loved all of that stuff. Yeah, like Matthew Vaughn and like the cinematographer clearly were like given carte blanche to just fuck around with it. And because it's this kind of property, no one was gonna panic and be like, you're you're you know, you're desecrating this by like putting so much of a a stylized spin on it. I know some people didn't like it, but like the Warriors director's cut did the same thing. They had the scene transitions that were like comic books. It would like do like a cell shaded thing and then pull out and be like, meanwhile. Yeah. And I like that stuff. And even like on, there's an actor in this from 24 who I mentioned, like even on 24, not the same, but like when they would do the split screen stuff, like it's just fun. Well, they always have the clock. Yes, naturally. But this is the best place to play around with that. And it, you know, it was like the first couple episodes of Miss Marvel, same thing, like lean into it. Yeah, I think. Ms. Marvel Not could every have even comic done book more. movie needs to do it or no, do it as no. much. But like this, I thought it worked perfectly. Um, there, I mean, there were like a lot of, I, f- I have this like vision of like, dr- like dramas, not sitcoms, but like drama TV shows doing this thing where they'd like be in a scene and then it would end and it would like freeze frame and then it would kind of like draw over it. That's what it felt like. <laughs> that feels, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? That feels very like. Growing Pains-ish. I don't know if they did that. but like Growing oh, Pains? That show? Yeah, I know yeah. which show you're talking about. But I was thinking more like, like not Law and Order, but like a show like oh, that. Oh, oh. Like a procedural. For, to me, like for some reason that felt very much like 90s sitcom. But yeah, maybe, maybe it was just a too. 90s thing in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, Nick Cage being a little creepy. We get another... Movie on the pod with Mark Strong as the villain. I know. How lucky are we? And doing a weird thing with his face again. Or his head. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, bald, bald faces cat. Faces on the head. Disagree. Well, I don't think his face was weird. I think it was entirely... <laughs> well, he had that weird scar that they don't explain. And I'm starting to just think Mark Strong has a scar. Yeah, but I saw. I thought I looked up a picture of him and I didn't see it. He also looked like he was wearing a weird bald cap. It could have been like a thing from the comic that maybe they explained it in the comic. Yeah. That's what I'm guessing. Also, one criticism I had of the look of the movie is all of the tattoos looked really bad. The ones on that guy outside the diner that he was, like, breaking up the fight. Yeah. yeah they looked horrible. They looked bad. One of the muggers looked really bad. Another guy, I was just like, we can do better. Like, we're doing better with other parts of this movie. We could just get someone that has a lot of tattoos. Yeah. And is trying to get into acting. They're out there. 
Yeah, I I totally noticed that, and like I don't usually. I don't either. It really stood out, and the bald cap. I don't normally notice stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like even the Jared Leto Joker tattoos were like super cringy, but like they looked like real tattoos. I don't know what the difference is, but it's subtle. But very happy to see Mark Strong again, and he and Matthew Vaughn must get along because he was also in the Kingsman movies, and he was great in those. Um, So I thought that was cool. Should have gotten him into X-Men First Class somehow. Did Matthew Vaughn do Shazam? No, he did not. <laughs> um, so I was wondering, in that scene where, obviously, Kick-Ass goes to get revenge on the people that robbed them, he catches him in the act of, of uh, trying to break into a car in their, their turf, their one parking lot, and this guy is watching from the window... Well, actually, he's watching from the window when, when they, they get, get robbed. And then when he comes back, you know, it doesn't go well for him. As we know, he gets stabbed almost instantly, which is rough. You don't want to get knifed in the gut. No, he but, almost died. And know, not only that, he gets hit by a car. And at first I was like, is this the same guy? I don't think so. I, he like looked similar he to me. Different. But yeah. Yeah. So. It's funny how this movie works because it really like oscillates between these people like Big Daddy and Hit Girl pulling off like these ridiculous like killings like, you know. Yeah. Also, this eight year old is straight up murking people left and right. Like IRL. Did I use murking correctly? I think you did. (laughs) Great job. (laughs) I was like, should I say murder or murk? Murk. No, this seems like a murk moment. (laughs) Like. It's operating in two ways. So on one hand, you have an eight-year-old girl like killing 15 grown men, like no problem. And then you also have kick-ass getting shanked and almost dying. And that feels very much like this is what happens when you're a real-life superhero. And then it goes on to say, oh, no, you just have to get better at it. And then you can definitely do all this crazy shit. And you'll also end up with a jetpack. Uh, what he has to first get his steel plates or whatever to make him invincible of course this really reminded me of that scene in is it batman begins or the dark knight when he's like getting his suit redone because doesn't he get stabbed that's the dark knight yeah it's the dog bite yeah and he's like can you fix this and he's lucius is like being like well like someone might be able to stab you like between the armor plates and i'm like yeah, getting stabbed is... Well, it's so in real... both movies they talk about. Okay. Yeah. For different reasons. It's a real hazard, you know? So it gets you. Yeah, he says, like, if you're close contact... I think that's the first one. Yeah. But then later he's like, do you have anything to protect me from dog bites? <laughs> Classic. And he, that's when he wants the lighter suit. Yes, right. Um, Which you liked or didn't like. The lighter suit? You... You either liked or didn't like the bulkiness of one of them. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't like it, not for the aesthetic, but because of how Christian Bale clearly could not move around in it very well. I thought it looked bad. Um, I had a note, this was at the point where, I don't know if it was after he's talking about how many followers or friends that Kick-Ass has on his MySpace page, and then we also get a glimpse of old-school YouTube in all of its glory. All the views? Yeah. And just like the... The interface, like I spent a lot of time on old school YouTube. It was a different era. 
really, it brings back the nostalgia. It was nicer. There's no ads on that video. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, or like dislike. Or was the dislike button always The there? dislike button was there. The dislike button has only recently been removed. Okay. Or maybe they brought it back. I thought it was just views. It wasn't likes or dislikes. It used to, well, I think they used to have it be like the thumbs up, thumbs down. And they got rid of that system. No, it used to be stars. Yeah, it was one to five stars when YouTube first started. Which I never used. I'm surprised they didn't talk about World Star. Yeah, I mean. Especially with the fight. But I guess it was like a YouTube era. Yeah. And also they were. A burgeoning YouTube era. For sure. Also, they were probably like, do the general audiences know what World Star is? But like you said, when they're having that fight outside the diner, it is, it's almost more out of place that no one is screaming, World Star! Yeah, someone should have at least yelled it. <laughs> they would have had to pay them for that. Um, I just, I feel like we can't not talk about it, but like this, this gay plot line, it just doesn't age well. No, it doesn't at all. And it's, it is so of its time. Like, it feels like a plot that could have been ripped out of any mid to late 2000s, like, teen. Rom-com. I felt like I was watching, like, John Tucker Must Die. Yeah. Never seen it. I mean, but they I don't have the that plot, I don't think. But it's something that they would do. Or, like, exactly. an American Pie movie would oh, be, like, Oh, definitely uh-oh, American Pie. Like, like I'm pretending to be girls, gay. Like, all of that era. And I was just, like... And it's not relevant to the plot because they end up dating. Not at all. And, and not just dating, fucking. That's where the comic and the movie diverge significantly. Really? In the comic, towards the end, he's like, oh yeah, I'm not gay. And she's like, what the fuck? Oh, like, the gay get... plot is in the comic. Yeah, though. it's from the comic because of course it is. And she's like, get the fuck out. I never want to talk to you again. And then, like, starts dating someone else, like, immediately and, like, sends a picture of them having sex to him to be, like. Oh, just... my word. Oh, I love that they get together in this because it is on its head for, like. Yeah. No, I that's, like, one of the many things that I think is a good change because, like, that's how the comic ends. Like, they're really, like, beating you over the head with, like, He's things not are cool. bad. And, like, that's on top of all the other well, I'll just talk about some of the other ones. The only the only big ones that are worth noting are so there's that, and then he like goes back and the character whose name I'm forgetting, the one that Katie is like, can I need to like someone to deal with this guy because he's harassing me? Or like Roscoe, yeah, or um, Raul, something like that. They have his name's different, but like in the comic, like his Dave's dad is like dating slash like having sex like with that guy's character. like ex-girlfriend yeah and he like walks in on them and is like Ugh. and that's like how it ends he's like but it's okay because i'm kick-ass and the other big change which i didn't even know i've read this comic but it, it was probably just about as long as ago as i saw the movie so like even less recollection the at the point where they like um capture kick-ass and big daddy they do the same thing where like they briefly think Hit Girl is dead. We know that Hit Girl's not dead. Yeah, she got three shots. That's what she practiced for. Yeah. Um, but he's like being tortured and he's like, yeah, like I like made up this whole thing. Like I'm not a cop. I wasn't ever a cop. And he was just like an accountant who like got bored of his marriage and like left his wife and took their daughter 
and was like, oh, we're going to be like superheroes. I believe it. And like they just picked Frank because they're like they, he's like a known like villain. mob guy. And they're like, we need a villain to go after. So we picked this guy. And it definitely like makes him come off like way worse, clearly. Yeah. Which is it's it's interesting to see like how that change like like affects like the interpretations of the character. Cause like in this, like Big Daddy is like clearly, you know, he's got a screw or two loose. But we still see him as being like good hearted and in some way like having like to him it makes sense. Like and it's coming from like a somewhat genuine place. I think it is coming from a genuine place. But in the comic that totally like flips it on its head and it's like he knows that he is like depriving his daughter of like a childhood and he's doing it because he wants to not because of any like situation yeah. thrust upon him. But if they had made that change, like at the end, like that's revealed, I think I, you would still believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Except for, I mean, obviously they introduced Marcus or whatever that guy's name is. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I feel like there's never a reveal for Frank to notice like there's, who big daddy is There's not but i guess it's also supposed to be like insignificant like he's insignificant to frank yeah like he doesn't he doesn't have any beef with him he's only interested in kick-ass and he only gets big daddy because he happens to be there yeah but he did know who, at one point who he was i mean before oh, he was arrested yeah but like i don't think he it, he means anything to him no like he's he'd have forgotten about him which is also yeah that that feels like a trope too. It's like, oh, you're so intent on killing me, but like, I don't even, I don't know. think about you. Yeah. Um. The this the first scene with Hit Girl like killing all those um, people in the drug apartment is brutal. Yeah. The the gore and violence in this, it's not even gore really. It's just like violence. Yeah, it's and not it's, very gory. It's so comically over the top comically comically <laughs> yeah i never had to close my eyes yeah it like it goes so far that it moves past well, maybe being, one time like gruesome it's not like you know there's not blood spraying everywhere we're not seeing any like bones sticking out of people's legs like she cuts a guy's leg off yeah and you see the leg go flying and you know what comic movies like that i feel like we watched something. Well, I guess Peacemaker's kind of like that. Peacemaker and Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad's a bit more gory. Yeah. For me, like, the all the Matthew Vaughn-isms, it was totally Kingsman. Like, it, the screamed Kingsman. Because that's the same way. Like, in the first Kingsman, there's that character that has, like, she's got, like, the prosthetic legs with, like, swords on them. And she's, like, cutting people's limbs right, off. And yeah. it's the same way where it's, like, that movie is ultra-violent. Right. But it's not gory. But it's silly. Yeah. The violence is silly. Mm -hmm. I don't know what other ones that we've watched have been like that. I, I mean, mean like, I suicide squad. I think maybe Deadpool. But That's Deadpool, different. yeah, and Deadpool also like definitely like revels in the gore a bit more. Yeah, like, it getting, lingers. Like, they comment on it. He's you getting know. like ripped in half. You know all that stuff. Uh, Mark Strong looks very much like Lex Luthor when he's being drawn. On the conspiracy bulletin board, not the character of Frank. I think Mark Strong would be a good Lex Luthor. Oh yeah, he absolutely would have been. They should have, they should have done him instead of uh, Kevin Spacey for Superman Returns. Or if we're gonna do another Superman movie, just do it now. He's not, he's not that old. 
<laughs> they can make it happen. I do wonder what the uh, the decision making process was around like not making him completely bald in this, because I do feel like Mark Strong is inherently an intimidating looking guy, even when he's not playing a villain. But he's supposed to look like a dad, though. I, yeah, when you add that little bit of hair, like, it, it looks so much goofier. What did you think of the soundtrack? I enjoyed it. Like, I don't... The actual songs that get played, like, there's a handful of them. The only one that I really remember is, like, when they're dancing to Gnarls Barkley in the car. Because that oh, also, yeah. to me, felt like it could have been ripped out of, like, Superbad or, like, another movie of that time. Um, the actual, like, score of this, I actually like a lot. Um, especially the one that, like, plays, like, at the end when they're, like, flying on the jetpack. Big yeah. fan of that. But what did, what did you think? I, well, I really liked it, but only starting, like, halfway through. Like, there was one song. I don't know what it's called, but it was, like, it, like there's not enough room for the both of us, something like that. I know you were like, asking about it. had, like, kind of a fast pace. I, after that, like, I started really paying attention to the songs, and I was really enjoying it. But I feel like the first half of the movie, I wasn't noticing the song choices much. And I feel like they could have leaned more into like the soundtrack, especially for this era. Like I feel like music and like soundtracks of movies was like such a big deal. Yeah, I agree. And I wonder if it's intentional that like they don't really pick up that stuff until he starts getting more into like hero yeah. mood. And like obviously Scott Pilgrim is like all about music. Yeah. But and so maybe they didn't want to like lean too heavily into that. Yeah. I've I have a feeling that there were like some studio executives that were worried about these two movies coming out at the same time. Like, how could they not be? So Yeah, yeah I mean, any, so I only saw one of them. Yeah, you picked one. I definitely did see Scott Pilgrim when it came out. Scott Pilgrim also uh, has the accolade of having a good tie-in video game with it. It's like a little arcade game. We used to play it all the time. Also, was Michael Sarah known? Is that who's in Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... What so this came out like three years. Both of them came like three years after Superbad. So he was like established. So and they so had more of a star Minspass. power yeah. in Scott Pilgrim. I think so. Yeah, I don't. I wonder like if they like had considered him for this. And then like so that's how he like got into yeah. that realm. I mean, um, we had Nick Cage carrying this one. Yes. And I will say that, like, he didn't go full Nick Cage until he died. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> and was... then he fucking amped it up to, like, 15. I don't even know what he was saying. <laughs> I remember, like... And did we have subtitles? <laughs> we didn't have subtitles, oh, on, okay. which is unusual for us. He's, like, saying... He's, like, telling her the techniques to use, and one of right. them is, like, Robin's Revenge and stuff. But, yeah, he's like, ah, go with Robin's Revenge! <laughs> And I'm like, what are you doing? I was going to say, up until that point, like, incredible acting by Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. Like, he was genuinely, like, putting on a performance of Serial Killer Ted. And not ruined it, but, like, went full Nick Cage at the he end. He did go full Nick Cage. I'm going to give it to him, though. You know, I don't know what I would sound like if I was yelling when I was on fire. And also to me, it kind of sounded like he was still trying to like do his voice. Because he has like his big daddy like. I'm a robot. You can't imitate my voice. Yeah, he does like these weird gaps between his words and stuff, which I think is very funny. And they never address it at all. (laughs) I thought they did at one point because like I felt like in my head I knew it was because he didn't want his voice to be like recorded and like put 
together. But I don't think they ever There's do. There's like right? a security reason. I yeah, I guess not. But for some reason, I had a, an explanation <laughs> in my head. Yeah, it would have made sense. Um. Yeah. Also, Christopher Mintz Platz is very funny in this movie. The Red Mist. Red Mist. Uh, I just I enjoy him as an actor and seeing him. You know, I haven't really. I mean, seen he's him a little movie. one note. He's but. definitely one note, and I, but I do think at the time. For, like, the movies that he was in, that was the perfect note for him to be hitting. But I also have a feeling that's probably why he hasn't really had the most industrious career after, like, that era of movies died out and he got a little bit older. Yeah. I like how an hour ago in this movie he couldn't go to a comic book shop and talk to another high schooler without his bodyguard. And then all of a sudden he's, like, in the thick of it driving the car with kick-ass. I'm like, his dad really took a leap pretty quick he did well he was getting desperate but yeah absolutely like it kind of paints him as like i was getting like a lot of uh harry osborne vibes yeah from him, big time and that definitely like also goes into the ending like he literally does pull uh harry osborne by like assuming his dad's criminal empire which continues in the second movie and of course he changes his name from red mist to the motherfucker classic of course um yeah but he was I, I thought he was a very good uh addition to this he was definitely a 2010 pick but it it contributes to like thing. no it's not and it contributes to my whole vibe of this being a movie like super bad parts of it you know being pasted into a superhero format and i think that worked really well for it i thought it was a nice touch again this is like like more cinema, cinema, blah, 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 something, cinema, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> something with the cinema, um, or props where they're doing the nanny cam and like the other videos are like the nanny, like doing like sexy stuff in front of it. Yeah. Like you never click on the videos, but you can tell what they are. And I was like, what a great touch. It is that great. Was. I love that. I, the, the whole nanny cam thing is very funny. And like, you know, him, like, playing it off, like, why'd you grab the teddy bear out of the burning warehouse? And him being like, I don't know. And you mentioned it before, but, like, the... And they do it again uh, later, but, like, the transition from, like, them watching the footage into, like, the actual yeah. scene. Like, I... Definitely, like, a lot of gas in my memory for this movie, but, like, I remember that scene a lot just because I thought the execution was really cool. The music in that scene I also really like. And, yeah, I just... I like how we see uh, these characters like carrying out what they're doing. Cause like, yes, they are like kind of superheroes, but also like, like the other cop says, like they're just committing, like they're serial killers. Yeah. Like they're just like mowing people down and they don't have any like honor codes. They're using guns and they're just like shooting people in the head. Uh, you know, very much like Punisher style. Yeah. Very brutal. <laughs> um, one of the other cinema things that i noticed earlier too was like this early scene where he kickass is like he's like back in it and he's like looking for this cat yeah and they show him like looking for the cat and then like they're cutting to like somebody running through the streets and it's like really fast and then yeah. they cut back to him and i was like i just really like this i think it works and it's the only time that like tool is used in mm -hmm. the movie but um, just stuff like that. And then like at the end with the night vision fight, oh, I, I loved love that. that. And it looked really good. I feel like that held up really well. Yeah. 
like you definitely get into dicey territory when you're making your audience's point of view look like a first person shooter, but like it did it well and it's really fun. Yeah. All the, the lighting in that scene, cause that's all in the dark. And when it like transitions out of the night vision and we have that scene where it's like, she has the strobe light going off and big daddy's like on fire and she's like diving behind him. And like, that's the only thing illuminating it. Like so cool. Like yeah. really like, a lot of work put in to the to the look of this movie that you maybe wouldn't expect. Also an incredible child actress. Oh yeah. Like, like she makes was, it seem so effortless and like cool. I don't think of her being this young child, in this movie. Yeah. Because like she doesn't play it like that and you're not like, oh yeah, this is a child actor. She's just like really fucking good. I and mean, she's been consistently good. I don't know if what's the last thing I've seen her in, but I've always really liked her. I was on a Wikipedia page. She like was doing a lot of stuff up until like 2016. And then she was like, I'm reevaluating the kind of movies that I want to be doing. And she like, started to like kind of dial it back to do more like dramas and indie type stuff, which I feel like happens a lot. I really feel bad for the uh, guy dressed as kick ass. That Frank kills. Oh, yeah. That was horrifying. And for a minute, I uh, thought, I was like, am I remembering this wrong? Like, is it one of, like, his friends dressed as kick-ass that Frank kills? But no. We never really find out who it is. But, yeah. Pretty pretty gnarly. Um, I didn't really have that many notes because I was, like, so sucked into watching the movie. Um, and I feel like we're really like gushing and even movies we really like, I feel like we don't gush this much. No, but this is like a different. It's also like refreshing. It is. This is a different kind of movie just in general and for us to be watching. And yeah, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of the movies that we like that we've talked about in the pod, we've probably watched like two or three times. Like yeah. we, you know, if we were watching it the first or second time or the first time in like 10 years, then we'd probably be gushing more. But I just think um, it's a testament to like this movie by all means probably shouldn't hold up as well as it does. And there's like definitely parts like we've said that don't like you, like the Dave being gay thing and, you know, like the, yeah, like the words that they're using and stuff. Like, yeah, there are bits and pieces where you know that this is a movie from its generation, but like. It's very much like I think it it owns that it's a product of its time, so it works. And yeah, it's just good. I mean, I don't remember what the critical reception was to this, but I'm willing to bet that people were like not banking on this being good <laughs> when it came out. I I feel like there were a lot of snide Reddit comments about this. Or maybe it was on Dig. At the time. Dig? I don't even dig. know what that is. Oh, God. I think it's still around. It was like Reddit, but not. And then people, like, started leaving Dig to go to Reddit. It was a whole thing. I've so never heard stupid. of Dig. Yeah. I tried to use it um, before I started using Reddit, and I didn't get it. I think that, that was user error. Uh, Red Mist is a real bastard, though. Isn't he? Like, I knew, like, on one hand, it's like, I mean, this guy, this is like a of. kid that's like in over his head. But like when he like gives them up to Frank's guys, I was like, you 
Son of a bitch. But that was his, it wasn't like he was giving them up. It was his whole plan. And he didn't, he was like trying to protect Kick-Ass. Sure. Like his dad like did him dirty. It's like, true. Like he doesn't know Big Daddy and. It's true. Like, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I don't even think he knew that it was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, he really, you know, I could have, I could have uh, forgiven him later, but he just, he leans into it, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't like forgive him, but I'm also not like. Like, I don't, I think he did exactly what he was going, like. Yeah. I don't know. Um, also, like, maybe not the best idea to air a live stream just on the news. Right. <laughs> like, come on, guys. What do we think was going to happen? It's like it didn't tip you off when it's like <laughs> two guys in a warehouse be, like tied up to chairs. Maybe you just shut it down now. And just let it end up on live leak like everything else. So this brings us to the the climactic ending sequence. The we bazooka. Have, the bazooka, which has been teased a couple times. You know, we we see it on the on the wall, and then the guy takes it. And yeah, we're we're here. We're we're here to finally take revenge on Frank. Unfortunately, Nick Cage is not here to see it. He got a little too toasty, and it was it was sad. You know, that's a pretty bad way to go. Yeah, I. You know, on my list of ways to die, uh, being lit on fire is not very high up there for good reason. I would probably sound like Nick Cage. Um, but the, And like the hot chocolate was left behind. Devastating. Uh, but I think the the ending of this movie is so good because like it knows that all you want to see is just like pure carnage and you want to see Mark Strong get his comeuppance. And that's what they give to you. And also all of his goons. I also like when they're like volunteering like that goon to be like sacrificed basically. Right. And they're like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> we all hate him. <laughs> I, We're just supposed to be backup, actually. I was a big fan of like how like incompetent they are. Like when they're trying to interrogate the guy in the industrial microwave. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking blow him up. I feel like that's a trope. I couldn't tell you what else I've seen it in, but like all the yeah, just, time, any mobster just movie, like I feel bad, like, like mobsters bad at doing their jobs. Uh, Can't get enough. I like the setting for it with the bookcases and like the hallway into yeah. the kitchen. Like it just works really nicely. I think that's part of the Harry Osborne things. Like this yeah, nice, like, penthouse, penthouse apartment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really good and just yeah, it, it's. Clearly, like, just cutting loose, like, we're going to give you, like, this big, like, action sequence. Um, the, I don't know how they did all this stunt work for Hit Girl's scenes. Like, right. I don't like, know how you could possibly do that. Um, but, like, her you know, like, the way that they have her killing these guys is so wild. Like, at one point, she, like, jumps on this guy's head and, like, shoots him, like, from the top of his head down. And I'm like, this is so, like, fun. Like, who came up with... The choreography. Yeah, it was really yeah. good. I hope she did a lot of it. I hope so. Uh, as much as legally possible, I'm sure, for <laughs> child actors. Um, but yeah, it was just really... They could have done it like very like boring, but I don't know who the director, the stunt director was, but did a great job. Yeah, it was rough to see her kind of get her ass handed to her by... By Frank. Frank. But we do see him like training and stuff. Yeah. Like so it's not like crazy that he yeah. can. Yeah, and like himself. really he just like it's a grown man like kicking an eight year old. Like he just yeah. kinda and like yeah, he's he's just really strong, but like not really he's not 
a fighter. Well, he is a trained fighter. He is fighter. a fighter. But, like, he's not really doing that much, I feel like. He kicks her and then just, like, manages to, like, overpower her because as good as a fighter that she is, he's still, like, <laughs> he's a big guy. Um, but, yeah, so we, we, like, have them, and then we're cutting back to Kick-Ass, who has arrived on his jetpack. Also, not even to mention the whole thing with her hiding in, like, the kitchen cabinet, which kind of reminded me of uh, Jurassic Park a little bit. <laughs> you really? know, they're hiding. You know when they're hiding from, like, the velociraptor in yeah. the kitchen and they're, like, Are they in the, the kitchen? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought that was funny. And no one volunteering to go in, getting killed with steak knives. Uh, but the, the jet pack is a really great inclusion. You love to see it. You do. You do love to see it. Uh, it's so goofy looking. Very like James Bond type of was jet pack, very but, like, James Bond. I love it with the miniguns attached. And it uh, was very um the movie you keep talking about. Oh, Kingsman? Yeah. Yeah, very Kingsman. Is it Love a little gadget? There's a jetpack in Kingsman, isn't there? Not that type. Not that one. No. But I uh, definitely love a gadget. And yeah, just you know, him and Red Mist fighting, you know, fighting with that jetpack on. Doesn't look easy. Uh, and then having the final blow come from the bazooka is just A plus stuff. And the added comic effect of him getting blown like 40 feet outside of the window before blowing up. Not very much collateral damage in this movie. No. I think intentionally, like even that, like he doesn't fall into the building. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, and the, the explosion doesn't damage anything. Right, exactly. Probably caused a bit of a public crisis sure. in New York, but, you know, nothing beyond that. I just think this is one of the best, like, adaptations of a movie to, like, feel like a comic. I think I said this um, with Into the Spider-Verse, because, like, obviously, um, probably The Incredibles, um, and there's been a couple of other movies that, like, just felt like we were bringing a comic onto screen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It. Very much just, like, whether it's the subject matter or the tone and obviously, like, the visual choice, I totally agree. I feel like Scott Pilgrim does a good job with that, too, if I yeah. remember right. Yeah, that's, what, that's um, what I was saying about, like, the transitions and stuff. But, yeah, like, in a time, like, now, when most of, like, the big superhero franchises kind of reject that to certain degrees. Which was fun. Like, it was fun that Marvel was, like, we're making this very realistic, like... yeah. But there's a we like it for that reason. There's room for both, though. And this is really cool. And I agree. This is one of like the best ones that I've seen do that kind of thing. And we do get a pretty happy ending overall. Hit girls yeah. back at school with uh, what's his name? Marcus. And, you know, they're they're chilling, except for Red Mist, who uh, pulls out a Jack Nicholson Joker quote. And honestly, when I when I saw this, I hadn't seen Batman, so I didn't know what he was quoting. That's embarrassing. I was for just like, you. oh yeah, that's just. I was like, I wonder who the great man is. Oh yeah, it's very embarrassing. I meant that you me. hadn't seen it, not that you didn't know the quote. Oh no, I know. <laughs> I know what you're saying, and it was absolutely. Uh, yeah. Just this is a good time, and I know I don't need to say that. Watch it if you haven't. You're not. You're not listening to this, but we hope you feel the same way. Um, I don't. I really remember not liking Kick-Ass 2. And honestly, I don't even want to... I don't want to step on the good memories of this one. I, I mean, just, we'll what watch are it you eventually. saying? Well, I just remember, like... Like, that you well, don't want to watch it? Was, I would watch it. But, like, 
what I was saying about like this, I feel like this definitely like made the stories from the comics a lot more optimistic and just like fun to watch, like an enjoyable experience. Like Kick-Ass 2 totally didn't do that. It like doubled down on like the grim darkness of the comic and like everyone's sad and everyone's like getting blown to pieces and uh, Red Mist is like killing elementary schoolers. Like it's not. Yeah. <laughs> like it's but a I bummer. reserve judgment because I don't remember it. Yeah. It's but also like, I also feel like I didn't like it. Yeah. And like, I don't even know how much of it is like, uh, like a loathing. It's just, like, I don't remember it at all. Like one way or the other, really. I think I just kind of remember like it and ended and I was like, well, it wasn't the first one. I'll tell you that. But, uh, it'll probably be a while. I think so. A couple of fun facts for you. Some of Frank's goons on IMDb are listed, uh, and named like the spice girls, <laughs> scary goon. Baby Goon. I love uh, that. It's very funny. Um, Matthew Vaughn raised the budget for this movie by having a dinner party and with fundraising. And he made it independently because he approached multiple studios about it and they were all like, no, we are not going to finance this movie. You are insane. But he did it. Good job. And he ultimately sold the movie to Universal for more than he had originally asked them for. What? What had he done before this? That was a good question. I think he did that movie, um, Sunshine, which is kind of like a sci-fi slash... As in Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind? Oh, wait, no, not Sunshine. Stardust. Oh, I know what that is. So let's see. I've never seen it, but... So I think he'd only done two movies before this. He did, uh, he did Layer Cake with Daniel Craig, who, which is a movie that I, I do want to watch. And he did Stardust. And then he did this. And, uh, yeah, since then, he's only done, like, he did X-Men, and then he's only done the Kingsman movies, which... Wow, so few. By all accounts have been, unfortunately, like, decreases in quality. We haven't watched the, the newest one yet, but... Um, also, part of the rejections from the other studios that he got was, it was, I think they had a problem with Hit Girl. They didn't... They weren't on board with that. And uh, Lionsgate... No, wait. No, he ended up with Lionsgate or something. I don't know. They were like, we will do this movie if you remove Hit Girl or if you make her, like, 19 years old. Like, you can't do it the way that you're trying to do it. And, uh... He was like, fuck that, I'm doing it. Chloe Grace Moritz's mother was on set. For the entirety of the filming. That's normal. And uh, apparently they were like trying to have her like entrance. They were like trying to shoot the entrance and it like wasn't working because I think they were trying to like tone it down a little bit. And uh, her mom was like, let's just do what they did in the comics. And <laughs> have have her use the word cunt. <laughs> Which is like the only time it gets used in the movie. And like in an American thing, like that's once. Well, I can't believe you just said it on air. You can bleep it out. I'm not Um, doing all that work. But some of my other podcasts, my non-American podcasts. Australians especially. They love to say it. And then they got kind of in trouble with American audiences. So they started bleeping it. Yeah, it's just like. I think it's a fun word. It is. It's just very uncommon here, which is very funny. He's supposed, Matthew Vaughn is supposed to be directing a very fun looking movie called Argyle, which is. The world's greatest spy, 
Argyle gets caught up in a globe-trotting adventure, and the poster is like Argyle socks. But this is the cast: Henry Cavill, Catherine O'Hara, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Samuel L. Jackson, John Cena, Rob Delaney, Ariana DeBose, Dua Lipa. Good lord. And a bunch of other people that I don't really recognize their names on site. But does that not sound incredible? That is very exciting. Uh, The only other thing I'll say, which is a lot of these are uh, having to do with Chloe Grace Moritz on IMDb. Um, She (laughs) refused to say the name of the movie outside. She would call it Kick Butt. And she like in an interview, she was like, I... That's would precious. not be able to say a single word that I said in that movie. I'd be grounded until I was 20. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just... It sounds like she has a good that, mom. Yeah, definitely. Like, this... This is a, you know... This could have gone very poorly for, for a child actor, I feel like, if they if they didn't. So, that's good. Uh, also, Daniel Craig and Mark Wahlberg were considered for the role of Big Daddy before it went to Nick Cage. Can you imagine? Daniel Craig would have been so funny. Mark Wahlberg would not have. No, Mark Wahlberg bad. Marky Mark, sorry. Also Brad Pitt. I would have fucking died if it had been Brad Pitt. That would have been so amazing. I would like him to be a dad and more stuff. That would have been so funny. He decided to do Inglorious Bastards instead. All right, well, that was probably a good career move. move. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. All right. We're wrapping it up here. We are. Yeah, that's that's enough fun facts. We're like four hours from posting this. (laughs) Correct. Yeah, well, we really enjoyed this one, and we hope you did too. Uh, Let us know your thoughts on Kick-Ass and your thoughts on Kick-Ass 2 while you're at it. I'd I'd like to hear what you all have to say. Uh, Yeah, and until next time, we are Out Out of of the the Superverse. Superverse.